Thank you for listening in to this podcast from Valley View Church. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 10 through verse 11. 1 Peter chapter 5. Verse 10 through verse 11. I want to read two different translations of this scripture. I will first read from the Amplified Bible and then I will read from the Passion Translation. After you have suffered for a little while, the God of all grace, who imparts his blessing and favor, who calls you to his own eternal glory in Christ, will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to to be. I like that. Making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, power, authority, sovereignty forever and ever. Amen. Then the Passion Translation says it this way. And then after your brief suffering, the God of all loving grace who has called you to share in his eternal glory in Christ, will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. Well, I like that one. Yes, he will set you firmly in place and build you up. And he has all the power needed to do this forever. Amen. I want to draw from these scripture this morning. You were made for spiritual dominion. I hope you heard that. You were made for spiritual dominion. You may be seated. I go back to the amplified version of the scripture, and it says this Christ will himself complete, confirm, strengthen, and establish you, making you what you ought to be. To him be dominion, authority, sovereignty. Forever and ever. And then it says, Christ will personally, in the Passion Translation, He will personally and powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever. He will set you firmly in place and build you up. Going back to the Amplified Version where it says this about Jesus, it says, To Him be dominion, which is power, authority, and sovereignty. Now, when he talks here in this scripture about making you what you ought to be, about completing you and confirming you and strengthening you and establishing you, and in the other translation when it says that he will powerfully restore you and make you stronger than ever and he will firmly 
builds firmly, puts you firmly in place and builds you up. I feel like what he's trying to say to us here, in the latter part he said that he has dominion or to him be a dominion, which is power and authority. But what he says prior to that, I firmly believe that he's saying to us that he wants to give us what he has. In other words, he has dominion, he has authority, and he has power. But prior to that, when he said that he's going to build you up, and he's going to strengthen you, and he's going to confirm you, and he's going to do these different things in your life and make you what you ought to be, I believe what he's saying is this, is he's wanting to bring us into a place where we have the dominion, the authority, and the power that Jesus Christ himself wants us to have. We have to understand in this room today that Jesus carries that dominion. He holds that dominion. He holds that authority and that power. But if you are a child of God, which you became when you were washed in the blood of the Lamb, then you have the same authority. You have the same power and that Jesus Christ has given unto you. You have it in your life today. But the problem is too often we fail to use what Jesus has given us. And I want to reveal some things this morning that I believe are very apparent and very necessary in this room. And I'm going to be honest with you. I don't often tell you this, but this was one of those that my wife will tell you I struggled over and I struggled over all throughout the week, all throughout the weekend. I got in from the dove shoot last night, and when all these other fellows went home and went to bed and slept real well, I was up to about 1.30 this morning. I'm just teasing with you fellas. But I was wrestling about what God wanted to be done in this service today. But when I laid my head upon the pillow, I had the full assurance that I knew where God wanted me to be and what God wanted me to do. And when I walked into this church this morning, there were some certain things that was going on and certain things that were happening that you could sense in the air. There was struggle and there was warfare and there was battle going on in the spirit realm. It seemed like in the prayer room and before we were getting ready for service and different things that were happening, the warfare of the Spirit, the enemy was trying to fight and war. But when I walked into this house this morning and I began to hear the worship and I began to hear the name of Jesus Christ being lifted up, you could sense and you could feel the freedom and the peace and the joy and the peace and the power of God. And it hit me. I thought, Lord, now I know what the struggle's been all about. It was a struggle to we walked into this sanctuary this morning. It was a struggle till we walked into this house, into the presence of the Lord. But once worship started going up, the glory of God started coming down. And when the glory of God started coming down, peace and power and joy and mercy and grace was being extended in the room. And what held people back and held people bound was being broken. And people were getting released in the Lord and finding the deliverance that they needed in their life. But I want to start out this morning by saying to you, you need to understand some things this morning. I need to understand some things this morning. And some of those things are this. You need to understand who Christ made you to be. Sometimes I wonder if we really understand who Christ made us to be. The second thing we need to understand... 
you need to understand what you have access to through Christ. And the final thing, you need to understand how to obtain the blessings of God that has been designed for your life. So let's review it again real quick. You need to understand who Christ made you to be, what you have access to through Him, and how to obtain the blessings that God has designed for your life. Because i got news for you. God has blessings that are designed specifically for you and you alone. They were not designed for nobody else. I talked to the men about this Wednesday night in the men's class. And I told them, I said, I know what it's going to I don't want it to sound the wrong way, but I don't want anybody else getting my blessing. It belongs to me. God didn't make it for you. He didn't make it for nobody else. He made it for me. Amen? And he's designed specific blessings for our life. But for you to walk in these places and you to understand who you really are and you to understand what God has designed for you, you have to walk in spiritual dominion with the Lord. And I want to say this up front. You were made for spiritual dominion. Which means you were made to walk in power. You were made to walk in authority. And regardless of what the devil's tried to tell some of you, you are not junk. You are not a throwaway. You are not what the enemy's tried to tell you. But God sent me by to tell you, you are a part of a royal priesthood, a holy generation of people, and you were meant to walk in power. You were meant to walk in authority and you were meant to be a son and a daughter of God that puts you in a high place with the Lord. But I want you to notice, no one can walk in dominion unless he is first connected to Jesus Christ. You cannot walk in real power. Now, you may have power like the, as far as how the world looks at power, but that's just the world's kind of power. But the kind of power I'm talking about in the spirit realm, you can't walk in this unless you're connected to Jesus Christ. And it's time for the church to arise and take the dominion or the place that God meant for us to take. Now, let's talk about that word dominion for a moment. Dominion is what many wish many people wish to walk in, but few really do. Dominion in its simplest form is power, its authority, and its control over something or someone. Okay, God's given me power. God's given me authority. And in that last one, okay, all right, now, what is God and who has God given me control over? Let me just stop and tell you what I believe God has given you control over. Number one, he's given you control over the devil and over every demonic power of hell, which means you have authority and you have control that you can take over the enemy. He has given you control and authority over the things the enemy brings against your life. And I believe this. He's given us control and authority over sickness, over disease, over infirmity, over the things that plague our life. He's given us authority over them. How? Through Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. I got one yes out of that. Amen. Dominion is the ability to request or command and expect a fulfillment of that appeal. Let me say that again. The ability to request or command and expect a fulfillment of that appeal. That's dominion. To have dominion is to rule 
are to be in charge. <clears throat> Did you know that you have dominion in the Lord that puts you in a place to rule? Not to rule over each other, but to rule over the things that God has entrusted unto you. To be in charge, if you will, for a child of God, understanding dominion is critical to their walk with God. It's very important. It is very necessary. Spiritual dominion, <clears throat> excuse me, spiritual dominion is not arbitrary random rulership. It is not about going around commanding and demanding at your own discretion. But spiritual dominion falls under the auspices or the help and the support of God Himself. And I want you to hear this next statement. Spiritual dominion is only effective when it submits totally to the will of God. Spiritual dominion will not be yours until you become totally submissive to the will of God for your life. Because here's the reality. You will not walk in dominion on your own. You will not walk in this kind of authority on your own. The only time you will walk in this kind of dominion and authority is when you totally surrender to the Lord. I don't know. Let me just say why. When you totally surrender to the Lord, then God takes charge and He takes control of your life and what you do and He gives you direction. And when God is controlling your life, it doesn't matter what the enemy does, the world does, or those around you do. You are being directed by God Himself. I'll give Him a hand in here. Dominion is about knowing who Christ created you to be and understanding that in you, listen to this, in you, through Him, is the power to lay hold on the promises of God and possess them. When you have dominion, it means you understand who God created you to be and that you understand that through Him you can take hold of or take possession of the promises of God in your life. Dominion is understanding that you have the power to fulfill the will of God for your life. I want to stop and tell somebody in this room this morning, you've been struggling with the will of God for your life. Maybe you know what His is. Maybe you know what His purpose is. But you've been struggling with it. You've been battling with it. You've been warring with it. You've had difficulties with it. Well, let me just stop and tell you, when you begin to understand what dominion is and you start operating in the power and the authority that God has for your life, then you understand you have the power to fulfill the will of God and nothing can stand in your way. When God called you to do what he called you to do, when he placed his will upon your life, he knew who you were. He knew all about you. He knew what you were able to do. He knew your talents. He knew your ability. He knew all of these things, and maybe in yourself you don't feel like you're talented enough or you have the ability enough, but God sent me by to tell you God knew who you were, but God knew who you could become. God knew what you were, but God knew what you could become. God knew what you could do, but he knew what you would be able to do if you totally surrendered unto him. Amen? 
So dominion is understanding you have the power to fulfill the will of God for your life. It's understanding you have what God has promised you. It's understanding you can be what and who God created you to be. Regardless of what it looks like. Regardless of what it seems like. Regardless of how it sounds. Regardless of how it feels. Or what it appears like. You see, so often we go by what we see, what we feel, what we understand, instead of going by what God says about the matter in our life. Spiritual dominion, listen to this, it comes from God. And the only way you can walk in that kind of spiritual dominion is to be totally submissive to the will and the plan, the purpose of God for your life. But I want you to hear me, spiritual dominion comes from God, but it has to start in you. Spiritual dominion comes from God and from God alone, but it has to start in you. It has to begin in you. You will never, somebody hear this, you will never be able to exercise power or authority over anything until you have first conquered yourself. Amen? You will never be able to exercise power and authority over anything else until you have first been able to conquer yourself. Now, this is going to open up a new avenue right here, and I want everybody in this room to hear it. It all goes back to that total submission. It all goes back to that total surrender under the Lord. And I know we hear these kinds of things quite often, especially in this day and hour where we are, but I want to tell you something. So often we think we're surrendered to God, but are we really? So often we think we've given everything to the Lord, but have we really? So often we think we just surrendered everything over, but are we really in that place with God? Or is there something we're still holding back? Is there something we're still holding on to? Is there something that's still standing in our way? Something we have to think about. But you'll never be able to exercise the power and authority over anything till you conquer yourself, and, and that means put yourself in the hands of the Lord. Here's the statement I want you to hear. Flesh is our greatest enemy. <clears throat> Flesh is our greatest enemy. I don't care who you are in this room. <clears throat> and I don't care how long you've been serving God. You still battle with flesh. <clears throat> you still struggle with fleshly things. I don't care who you are. What do you mean? It may be thoughts. It may be deeds. It may be certain things about you, but here's the reality. As long as we live on this earth and we're living in this body, there will be times that we struggle with certain things. That flesh wants to go one way, but the spirit wants to go another way. Flesh wants to do one thing, but the spirit is saying go this way. The flesh is trying to pull us somewhere, and the spirit of God is trying to draw us into the presence of God. And that will be a reality until we leave this earth and we make heaven our home. And when we get there, we'll have on a glorified body that will only desire to do the work of the do or to worship God, if you will. But don't you listen to me. Flesh is our greatest enemy. What's that? What we want, what we desire, what we think, what we think we need, and what we think we have to have. And that's something everybody deals with every single day. But I want you to hear this. Until you conquer your flesh, you are no match for the enemy. Now, here's the reality. 
Every day your flesh may pull you in one direction, but if the Spirit's pulling you another, which way are you going? Every day your flesh may want certain things out of you, but the Spirit's wanting certain things out of you. Which one are you going to listen to and which one are you going to obey? You see, that's where we come in. It's the power of choice. It's the power of decision. And ever we have that power of choice and we have that power of decision. But until you can conquer your flesh, you are no match for the enemy that wars against you. The Bible clearly states in Romans 12, 1 and 2, present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable God, which is your reasonable service. Now, don't you listen. I've never really thought about it this way before, but he said, present your bodies a living sacrifice. When he made that statement, he let you know that you're going to have to make sacrifices. He let you know right then and there, you're going to have to make some choices. You're going to have to make some decisions. You're going to have to stand up. So let's read it again. Present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Amen. I mean, he makes it very plain for us. The word of God has not changed. And he tells us here that we're to present our bodies as a living sacrifice to God. And he's telling us here, don't be conformed to the world, but be transformed by the renewing of our mind and prove what is good and acceptable. The Word of God has not changed except we first take dominion over. Listen to this. I'm going to say it slowly because don't you listen to me. Except we first take dominion over ourselves over habits, over desires, uncontrolled lust, wrongful passions that are in us, we can never expect to have dominion over anything else. We can never expect to have dominion over anything else. Now, I know this is not popular preaching, but i got to obey the Lord this morning. If these certain things are controlling your life and they're controlling who you are, you need to get a grip on these things. You don't need to get a grip on them. You need to find your place with God and let the Spirit of God get a grip on them in your life and you start following the will of God and getting away from where your flesh is trying to take you. Amen? 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 We must crucify, dominate, control our flesh, and make it bow down to the dictates of God. We may have to crucify the flesh daily to keep it to the place with God where it needs to be. But let me just stop and tell somebody in this room, it's not always easy to do. It's not always an easy thing, but I promise you, it is always worth it when you can crucify your flesh and you can bring it under the dictates of God and you start following the ways of the Lord instead of what you're wanting and what you're desiring. Because here's the problem. If we follow what we want all the time, it will take us down the wrong path and down the wrong road but if we're following the way of God and the desiring and the tugging of the spirit of the Lord he will take us into a place with him that will make us much happier than we can take ourselves I'm reminded of Caleb at the age of 85 saying give me this mountain don't you listen to this I'm reminded that the Bible talks about being 85 years old and as we think of 85 we're on up in years 
And they're dispersing out lands. And Caleb, instead of looking for the well-watered flat plains of a place where he could kind of kick back, take it easy, and all be well, Caleb says, give me this mountain. Caleb is a man who the Bible reveals to be a great man of faith and courage. Six different times in Scripture, you find that the Word describes him as a man who fully followed after the Lord. I like that. Who fully followed after the Lord. You know what that means? Robert, that meant that he was surrendered. That meant he had given himself. He totally surrendered to the Lord. So he could follow God wherever God would lead him. Caleb, he accepted God's laws. He believed in God's promises. He stood with Joshua against the evil report of the spies. He he was not moved by popular opinion or circumstances that appeared out of control. Even when he was confronted with the possibility of death, he still stood firm in God. Because he knew God would see him through. He knew God would stand with him. He knew God would make a way when a mob of his own brethren threatened to stone him. And Joshua, he stood firm on the word of God, convincing them that if the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. If the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. Well, I want to say something to you this morning. He could say this, make this statement all because he knew who God was. And he knew what God would do. And he knew God was as good as his word. And he knew he could depend on God. I want every person in this room to listen to me. You've got to learn to believe God now like you have never believed God in your life. Maybe you believed God in the past. Maybe you trusted God in yesteryear. Maybe you leaned on God before. But you better hear me this morning. you got to learn to believe God now like you've never believed God before. you got to stand on His word of promise. You cannot afford to be intimidated by what things appear to be or how bad things seem in your life. I've used this word quite a bit lately, but I'm going to say it again while I'm right here. That word intimidation or intimidation is a key factor today. And I'm going to tell you, one of the spirits that is using it more than it is the Jezebel spirit. That is plaguing the church and warring against the church and battling the church through intimidation, trying to make the people of God feel like they're not who they're supposed to be and they're not what they are, not what God has said they are. And I think about Elijah when he had a great victory over the prophets of Baal. And on the heels of that, he's running from a woman named Jezebel and he's afraid and he's going to be hiding himself. When he walks in victory with God in one moment, and all of a sudden in another moment, he's intimidated. Well, let me just stop and tell you, if it can happen to Elijah, it can happen to you. And I don't care how long you've been serving God. I don't care how long your name's been on the roll. I don't care how strong you are. If you're not careful, the enemy will bring intimidation in your life. And that intimidation will draw you away from God. And it will cause you not to believe like you need to believe. And it will cause you not to trust God. And it will cause you to lose what God has for you. More people are living under the weight of intimidation. I believe this, David Keaton, with all of my heart. More people are living under the weight of intimidation today than they've ever lived under it before. And it's so easy for us to give in than it is to fight. 
It's so easy to give in than it is to stand up. It's so easy to give in than it is to get on our knees. It's not in my message, but I'm just going to say it while I'm here. Prayer is not easy. And the closer we get to the coming of the Lord, D.D., prayer gets harder and harder. I don't know about you, but I know how it happens to me a lot of times. I get on my knees, get ready to start praying, and all of a sudden I start yawning. I start reading my Bible, I start yawning. You know why? Because the enemy wants you to fall asleep in the midst of where you are. It's easier to back down from the enemy than to stand up to the enemy. It's easy to back down to resistance than it is to stand against resistance. It's easier to back up. But I want to just stop and say this while I'm here. I take dominion this morning. Over the spirit of intimidation, I take authority and power over the spirit of intimidation that has plagued the people of God of this church and anywhere that's come against the people of God. I take a dominion and authority, and I declare and I decree that in the name of Jesus, we are not intimidated, but we have been given authority and power through Jesus Christ. And we need to use the authority that we've been given. Listen to me. Caleb was not like other people. First off, a lot of people thought he's crazy at 85 years old wanting a mountain. I'd hate to know I had to climb a mountain right now at 53. But 85 years old, give me this mountain, but I want you to listen to me. He didn't think like other people thought. He didn't act like others. But I like what the Bible said about him. He had another spirit in him. He had another spirit in him. And can I make this statement to you? We need another spirit in us today. Oh, God help me. We need another spirit in us today. Why did he not think like everybody else? Why did he not act like everybody else? Because there was a different spirit inside of him. And I want to just stop and tell you, when we get that different spirit inside of us, we won't think like everybody else. We won't think like everybody. We won't act like everybody. We won't be like everybody else. But there'll be something different about us. And I want to just stop and tell you, you got to choose to be different in the hour which we live. You got to choose to be different and you got to choose to be different. Now, it's too easy to just succumb and fit in with everybody else. It's too easy to succumb and just fit in with the way life is and the way things are. But you got to choose to be different now. And I want to tell you something about people who walk in dominion. People who take dominion are leaders. They are not followers. People that take dominion are leaders. They are not followers. Why? They believe God will fulfill His promise. Just as Joshua began to reiterate the division of the land, Caleb stepped forward and he declared, Give me this mountain. Listen to me. Give me what God said belongs to me. Give me my place of dominion. Give me my land. Give me my territory. God said, This is mine. Give it to me. And I want you to hear this well. His concern was not about what others wanted. His concern was not about what other people possessed. His concern was not what they would have. He was not concerned about the problem he would face. He was not concerned about the battles he would fight. He did not discount 
God. Now, I know we're talking about spiritual things here. But I just want to stop and say this while I'm here. So many times we can't receive the blessings of God because we're too focused on what God's doing in somebody else. And I just want to stop and tell you something. If God does something good for somebody else, be thankful for them and bless the Lord with them. Amen? Don't pout and feel all these certain things because it ain't happened for you yet. Your day's coming, but praise the Lord with those that receiving it right now. Amen? 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 I just think we need to get that one. But I want you to understand something. It even happens in the spiritual world. We get too caught up in what God's doing in other people. And we feel like we can't do what they're doing. And we feel like we can't reach the place they've reached. And some people may feel like they've even gone past. But I want to tell you something. We've got to come to a place. We quit looking what God's doing in everybody else. We've got to look at what God's doing in us. What is God doing in you? What are you allowing God to do in your life? But let me go back to Caleb here. He did not discount God. Caleb was ready to take dominion. He was ready to take authority. And I want to ask every person in this room, how many times in your life has the enemy tried to destroy you or set you up for failure? It's in those moments in your life when you have to be ready to take dominion. When the enemy has set you up to destroy you, you have to take a dominion and authority. When the enemy has set you up to fail, you have to take dominion and you have to take authority. You have to stand in the ability and in the strength of the Lord. When you don't have it in yourself, when you don't have it in you, you got to stand in the strength and the ability of Almighty God Himself. But let me ask that question again another way. How many times in your life has the enemy tried to destroy you or set you up for failure, but... God kept you. He kept you able in sound mind and strength. The devil tried to defeat you, but God kept you. God tried to, the devil tried to set you up for failure, but God kept you. The devil tried to destroy you, but God kept you in the midst of all of it. And I like that word there in the middle, and I put it in bold letters, but God kept you. Isn't that a wonderful fact this morning? And I want you to listen to me. Why did God keep you in those moments? He kept you so you could be ready for this day. He kept you so you could be ready for this hour. He kept you so you could be ready for this season in your life. And I want you to hear this. Caleb waited for the right day, the right time, and the right season. Why? Because he understood as we must understand what 1 Corinthians 15 and 58 said. Be ye steadfast and unmovable. Always abounding in the work of the Lord for as much as you know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. He said, be steadfast and unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Be steadfast. Don't be shaken. Don't be blown by every old wind that blows. Don't be shaken by every adversity. Don't let every problem knock you out of kilter. But stay focused. Stay locked in. And I want to say this to you. 
God brought you through every one of those moments. God secured you during every one of those moments. Why? Because he wanted to bring you to a time such as this. For this day, this hour, and this season in your life. And I want to say to some people in this room, God has gotten you ready for this hour. God has gotten you ready for this day. God has gotten you ready for this season. Some of the things you walked through, some of the things you prayed through, some of the things you've gone through has gotten you ready for this season. And I just want to declare to you, this is your moment. This is your day. This is your season. This is the time for your life to do what God called you to do. You must take dominion. You must take control. I want everybody in this house to listen to me. Elbow your neighbor and say, listen to him right now. You must take dominion. You must take control. What does that mean? Stop bowing down to things you don't have to bow down to. Stop accepting things you do not have to accept. Oh, I wish I had time to preach about 15 minutes on both of them. But I think it says enough in itself. Bring your body under control. Bring your mind under control. Bring your spirit under control. What does that mean? Watch what you say. Watch what you do. Get your attitude together. Stand for righteousness. Stand for God. I'm talking to the youngest person, to the oldest person in this room. Uphold God's word. Worship with commitment. Stand in the authority of God. I want to back up. Watch what you say. Watch what you do. Be careful where you go. Be careful what you get involved in. Be careful what you allow to control your life. Be careful of what you allow to get the best of you. Be careful of what you allow to put a bull ring in your nose and lead you around by the nose. But the last thing I said here was stand in the authority of God. Whatever that mountain that is in front of you, whatever that adversity is is in front of you, whatever seems to be overcoming you time and time again, God sent me by to tell you, take dominion. Take authority, take power over your mountain. Let me give you this and I'm going to close. Take dominion over sin. Romans 6, 14. For sin shall not have dominion over you. For you are under law. or not You are not under law, excuse me, but under grace. I want you to hear that first part. For sin shall not have dominion over you. It shall not have authority over you. It shall not have power over you. Take, a th- take dominion over fear. 2 Timothy 1 7, for God has not given us a spirit of fear, but a power and love and a sound mind. We've heard that verse a lot lately. I believe God's trying to tell us something. Take dominion over the world in 1 John 5, 4 and 5. You see, every child of God overcomes the world, for our faith is the victorious power that triumphs over the world. So who, so who are the world conquerors? 
I'm sorry. So we are the world conquerors, defeating its power. Those who believe that Jesus is the Son of God. Take dominion over worries and anxiety in Philippians 4, 6, and 7. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Oh, I like that one. Don't worry about anything, but pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank Him for all He has done. Then you will experience God's peace who exceeds anything we can understand. His peace will guard your heart and mind as you live in Christ. Take dominion over demons according to Luke chapter 10, verse 19. Now you understand that I have imparted to you all my authority, all my authority, all my authority, all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome every power. I want somebody in this room to hear that. You will trample over every demon before you and overcome every power. Satan possesses absolutely nothing. We'll be able to harm you as you walk in this authority. I want everybody in this room to take your foot when I tell you, and I want you to stomp the floor. You, Oh, God, help me right now. Now you understand that I have imparted you with all my authority to trample over his kingdom. You will trample upon every demon before you and overcome. You will trample over every demon before you and overcome. Say this to me. Take this, devil. Take this, devil. You will trample over every demon. Oh, I like that. No, God help me right now. I could preach there another 30 minutes. Take dominion over thoughts in 2 Corinthians 10, 3 through 5. For though we live in this body, we do not wage war in an unspiritual way. Since the weapons of our warfare are not worldly, but are powerful through God for the de demolition of strongholds. We demolish arguments and every high-minded thing that is raised up against the knowledge of God, taking every thought captive to obey Christ and then finally take dominion over failures and setbacks. What are you trying to say to us, Pastor? We've got to take dominion and authority through God's Word as He has given to us so that we can be the overcomers He meant for us to be. Dominion over failure and setback in Micah 7 and 8. Do not gloat over me, my enemies. For though I fall, listen to this, I will rise again. Though I sit in darkness, the Lord will be my light. I like what he's saying there, devil. I may be down for the moment, but don't get your gloat on don't get to feeling proudful because I'm down for the moment because I got news for you through the power and the authority of Jesus Christ I will rise again I will get up again I will come out again I will be free again oh I may be sitting in the dark for a moment David but Jesus Christ is my light and he will shine upon me in the midst of my adversity and what where darkness has come light shall be Ooh, begin playing softly Colin don't let any of these things stand in your way hear me don't let them keep you away from your place of power, the place of dominion. Philippians 4.13 said, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. You know what that means? When you take dominion over the mountain that's in front of you, what it means when he says, I can do all things through Christ, 
When you take dominion over the mountain in front of you, it represents a new life. Old things have died off. Old ways have died off. It represents a new dimension, new territory, new realms of discovery, new experience with God. And the Bible tells us we're to take that place. Let me give you final scripture here. In Daniel chapter 11, verse 32. Two different translations, New King James and then the Living Bible. New King James says, But the people who know their gods shall be strong and carry out great exploits. Then I like what the Living Bible said, But the people who know their God shall be strong and do great things. The people that know their God shall be strong and do great things. Things. I want to tell this church, it's time to take dominion and it's time to do great things for the glory of God. But I must tell you, until you realize that you are in control, the thing that you are dealing with, the things that are standing in front of you will always control you. But when you understand that through the dominion of God, the authority of God, the power of God, the devil is not in control, but you are in control so you can take that mountain and it's in front of you and you can conquer it for the glory of the Lord. Stand to your feet. Oh, I feel the Holy Ghost in here. I feel freedom in this room. I feel deliverance in this room. I feel victory in this room. I feel power in this room. I feel an overcoming presence in this room. I hadn't given this altar call yet, but I just want you to know right now the altar's open. Until you realize that you're in control, that thing that's been conquering you will always conquer you. It will always have the upper hand in your life. It will keep you from your blessing. It will keep you from your place in God. But I want to tell you something you already know. God is greater than anything that stands in your way. God is greater than anything that stands in your way. Caleb said, if the Lord delights in us, he will give us the land. God wants to do new things in you. God wants to take you to new places, greater heights, greater measure. But you have to understand that it is never going to happen until you take dominion where you are right now. Some of you, it's been standing in front of you for so long. You know it's there. You see it. You want it. You desire it. It's right there. But you can't get there because you can't take dominion where you are. You can't get there because you can't take authority where you are. You can't get there because you can't use the power you have to get from here to there. Think about God's people who were given, they were promised the land, but only two of the original, Eric, walked in. You know why? Because nobody else could take dominion. Nobody else could take authority. I want to tell some people in this room what God has standing right in front of you. 
doesn't have to be kept away from you any longer. But you got to take dominion where you are before you can step to where he is. God, I feel such a heaviness of your spirit in this room. You have to take dominion where you are right now. Right now. Nobody can make that step for you. Nobody can make that choice for you. Nobody can move in those directions for you. I want to ask you three things this morning, and I ask you to please respond accordingly. I was going to pray, but I don't feel like it's what God wants me to do right now. He's moving on some people in this room. He's dealing with some people in this room. He's stirring in your heart right now in this room because I believe God has awakened some people to the idea that I don't have to remain where I am. I don't have to be bound and I don't have to be burdened and I don't have to walk under this heaviness I've been walking under. I don't have to be intimidated anymore. I don't have to be pressed anymore, but I can be free. I can be free to worship. I can be free to feel the presence of God. I can be free to walk in the joy of the Lord. I can be free to have the peace of God in my mind. There's people listening to me right now It's been so long since you've had peace, you don't even remember what peace is. It's been so long since you've had joy, you don't even remember what joy is. I'm going to tell you something I hadn't even said to my wife and my family. But the other day, and I remember where I was at, I was in the bathroom in my home. If I remember correctly, I was getting ready to go somewhere. Had so many things on my mind of late, so many things going through my mind, so many things just happening. Terry Ann, I just stopped right where I was. And I told the Lord, I said, God, I'm just being real with you. I said, God, it's been so long since I've had real joy. And some of you look at me every Sunday and you think that may be all I ever walk in. But I told God, I said, God, it's been so long since I've had the real joy like I need. I'm going to tell you what else I told him. I said, Lord, it's been a while since I've been able to really enjoy life like I need to. just told him, I said, God, I want my joy back. God, I want to enjoy life. You see, many of you, like I said, you look at me every Sunday, you think, well, pastor never walks through nothing like that. Let me tell you the real truth. 
probably 95% of the people looking at me right now have been in that same place. You walked in that same place in your life. But I told God, I said, God, I want my joy back, and I want to walk in joy. I want to live with joy. I want to enjoy my family. I want to enjoy the things you've blessed me with, God. I want to enjoy. So now I've gotten real with you for a minute. That's just one thing. But we all face and we all deal with struggles, but here's the reality. God's got what you're longing for. He's got what you're desiring, but you're not going to get there till you take dominion where you are right now. And I felt like, Eric, in that bathroom that day, I was taking dominion. I didn't realize it at that moment. To be honest, I didn't realize it till right now. Now, Charles, does that mean it's all going to change in a split second? But you ain't going to get there till you deal with what's here. I'm talking to some people in this room right now. You're not going to get there until you deal with what's right here. So I'm just going to give you the three questions God gave me right before I walked out of my office. Are you ready to take dominion? Are you ready to take authority? Are you ready for freedom? And I didn't write this one down, but I dealt with it, so I'm going to throw it. Are you ready for joy? Are you ready for peace? If anything I just said is you, get out of your seat and get down here as quickly as you can get here. Hurry, 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 hurry. If anything I just said is you, get out of here as quickly as you can get here. Oh, I'm so thankful these young people are getting down here as quickly as they can get down here. Mamas and daddies getting down here. Get out here. You were meant for spiritual dominion.